senator, while insisting he was not intoxicated, could not explain his nudity. I'm not normally a praying man, but if you're up there, please save me, Superman! Let's face it, this is not the worst thing you've caught me doing. Hi, and welcome to the Crisis on Infinite Midlife podcast. I'm Rob. I'm Amanda. And this is uh, episode 17. We don't do this for the money. I, that's not the title. <laughs> I just I just wanted to say that. Uh, yeah, Jesus. We do this for love. People do this for the money? There's money in this? I mean, I've been talking to myself <laughs> in, a, in a spare bedroom for years, and I didn't realize somebody might pay me for this. Yeah, but that, that's the ever-growing insanity. That's oh, you on. just talk to yourself. It cannot possibly grow any larger <laughs> than it already is. Oh, I think it can. I but, have faith in you. I, mean, I watch passersby. I catch a glimpse of people as I drive by as I'm just cursing and yammering <laughs> nonstop. <laughs> and it, there's obviously no Bluetooth going on. I'm just howling with rage at the gods, the flying spaghetti monster. Somebody must hear my cries for vengeance. The ever-present bugs crawling on your skin. Yes. No, no, no. I haven't quit meth. What's wrong with you? <laughs> I can still get it at a reasonable price. And it's blue. <laughs> meth isn't blue. Any serious method. People are going to start thinking I actually do meth. No. I'm just an alcoholic. <laughs> yes. But, but yeah, this is... This has been a weird week for like the last few because it's been such a goddamn geek explosion of cool shit for like weeks and weeks. There was uh, Winter Soldier and Amazing Spider-Man and Marvel Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and uh, X-Men Days of Future Past. Days of Future Past and Arrow had their finale and this week we're, we've just gotten so used to, okay, what's the geek thing we're going to go see and then talk about? There's nothing. There's a million ways to die in the West. Which which is kind of genre-y, but not, yeah, well, not so much with the sci-fi. It is a genre. It's a genre that right now is represented in comics by All-Star Western, which has been sadly canceled. Yeah, which is so. on the chopping block. So, yeah, I, I don't think we can get away stretch. with talking about a Western <laughs> with cock jokes for 45 minutes on a comic geek culture podcast. Yeah. I want to see it. I do, too. I do, too. Yeah. Because it's a Seth MacFarlane movie, yeah, which means that this would be a level of bathroom humor that I'll relate to. Like, I'm a 12-year-old boy. Yeah, he's not for everybody, but... Nope. You know, and I like to think I have a relatively refined sense of humor. I mean, I did stand-up comedy for 10 years. Telling the finest of dick jokes. Exactly. Only the, the Only best... Only the creme de la creme of... Filthy scrote jokes that <laughs> apparently humor. money can buy. Nobody's <laughs> chucking it around at me, but... But yeah, Family Guy has made me laugh harder, more often than almost any show. So I'll go see it, but it, it's not a thing we could really talk about in good conscience no. for more than a minute or two. No. And so, now we've talked about it. So yeah. So, <laughs> so, I mean, the sad goddamn thing is, since this is the first week, it's not, oh, no, we 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 have plans. We have to go see this thing so we can talk about it on the show. Yeah. We had to go help my mother see move your furniture. fucking mother. Yeah, no. I love my mother. We had to move things for her i <laughs> i like your mom it is a very different experience from going to see my parents this is true when i go and see my parents the first thing is son why do i have 56 toolbars on my internet explorer then <laughs> <laughs> the computer boots in 45 minutes and tells me i owe it money and who is we, this nigerian prince yes which is a thing that i hate 
it fills me with rage, and then I scream in my car, and people look at me stupid. And then your dad grills us hot dogs, and your mom gives us some sort of dessert, and then we go home. That's right. And my dad gives you the finest of... Of scotches. Well, bl- blended scotch. You're a single malt girl. Is it still? Uh, hello, Miss Fancy Pants. I like Jack Daniels. It tastes like punching a policeman. <laughs> and mine tastes like falling asleep outside on a beach. Seriously, I'll have sand like on my face. I don't know why. I don't know where I go. Where the fuck do you sleep? The Kennedy compound? <laughs> I got ripped on single malt. <laughs> Blackout and find myself covered in sand. Oh, <laughs> Smelling like wood smoke. <laughs> yeah, no. The only sand around here is the cat's litter box, and single malt <laughs> is not the not the beverage to quaff if you're going to face plant in the cat's shitter. No, I tell you what, though. The cat keeps his face out of my whiskey. He gets this look like, what the hell is that? Why are you drinking it? Why are you trying to give the cat scotch? What the fuck I is it? You put it down on the table. He hops up on the table. He's like, oh, this must be mine. And then he gets his face in that and goes, oh, no, no, I made a mistake. I'm sorry. <laughs> it won't happen again. And then he drinks your coffee. Yes. Yeah, so, <laughs> so, so, yes, it is a very different experience going to see my folks than your mom, who doesn't really have computer problems. Not she, this week. Yeah, well. She's got large shit that needs to be hauled around. Yes. And that's fine. People need help moving stuff, but can you give a dude a heads up? We went out there thinking, oh, there's a, a, a bureau we have to move. Yeah, and and it seems uh, some boxes with some lamps she had planned to purchase or had planned on purchasing, did purchase, she followed through with the plan, showed up sometime between... Uh, hey, can you come out and help me move this bureau and us showing up to help move that bureau? And it was a double order because somehow she managed to put the order in twice. Yeah, so there's <laughs> there's 5,200 fucking lamps in the house that <laughs> need to be unpacked and assembled and put together and tested and old lamps moved out. That's an hour and a half right there. Then it's the bureau. Now, I'm thinking, let's say these lamps that she bought are not Tiffany lamps. No, they're not, and one of them... With the the fussy O-ring that needed to go in where there was a bell-shaped drop-down for a reading light, that was an argument for child labor. That needed tiny fingers. That required (laughs) the the fingers of an infant. (laughs) Yeah, like, there's no way I'm getting my sausage fingers up there. We had to find, like, a chopstick and a prayer. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I I was praying, but not for what you were. (laughs) Here we go. Try not to break this. Yeah, so so it's an hour and a half of, again, there's 5,200 boxes around. So it's not just assembling the lamps, but it's hauling these heavy-ass bases across minefields of <laughs> spent cat litter and cardboard and styrofoam yeah. debris. There's a, and then we get to the bureau. Now, I only brought up these aren't Tiffany lamps because your mom has perfectly serviceable furnishings, but yes. I was not expecting... Heirloom, hardwood, 1,900-pound, tongue-and-groove construction. I wasn't either, honestly. I, I grew up with that. I, I could have swore it was like fall particle board if I could steal guys turn a phrase from a shitty commercial. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so With, like, you know, pine veneer. Because I had the headboard from the bed that came with that bedroom set. So I had no reason to believe that that bureau would somehow turn out to be this bulletproof thing. <laughs> yeah, you could put a body in there. Nobody would notice. <laughs> no. It felt like there was a body in it. And... I found a sachet in there that I made in, like, 1978 that she had just kept. Oh, really? What the <laughs> fuck is a sachet? <laughs> That's when you take um, a scrap of fabric 
and raid the spice cabinet and get busted. And then you say, here, mom, I made you a sachet. <laughs> It'll make your underwear smell nice. Like, <laughs> yes. And if you hadn't caught me, I'd be selling it as organic ganj on the playground. Now, if you for could a just up my, my allowance so this doesn't happen again. Jesus Christ. <laughs> so, so, yeah, your mom, who has had rotator cuff surgery in yes. the last two months. Yes. Called me, and I'm a big dude, and you, and you are not a big girl. No. To to move this 1,900-pound monstrosity yeah, down. Yeah, me and my pre-arthritic this... elbows that, you know, her genetic code has gifted unto me. This is going to go well. Yeah. <laughs> this horrible thing down to the from the second floor. Yeah. 200 yards to the dumpster. Where, believe me, it will stay forever because yeah. even the dumpster lift isn't going to pick that fucker up. No. It's it, – so, yeah, I've been – part of why the podcast is going up a little later than usual today. I've been punch drunk and exhausted yeah. all friggin' day. My legs are shot. I'm not in shape to be trucking this crap around anymore. No, I just have to say, thank goodness there was a, a neighbor that was home that could help because otherwise that thing was just going to sit in the hallway until the end of days. <laughs> it wasn't going yeah. anywhere. It wasn't going back in the apartment. It was, certainly wasn't going down the stairs. Uh, yeah, I, I owe – what was his name? Ray? Yeah, I owe Ray a six-pack, <laughs> but he's not getting tonight's six-pack because I need it to sleep. Yes. <laughs> but If you're was... listening to this ever, Mom, we, we love you. Just next time we need some sort of wheeled device for that thing. <laughs> next time, take my all-purpose five-word advice. Burn it for the insurance. <laughs> Just don't ask me to haul shit anymore. I'm, I almost can't wait to see my folks. She did folks. offer to buy us food afterwards. Uh, yeah, but I was choking on my own rage. So. I know. <laughs> So I was praying for some kind of geek thing to distract me, and there wasn't any. There was no good geek news. No, nothing. not really. It's a, this was like the week Marvel chose to just stomp on its own dick, and some of it's rumored. We'll get to a, a bunch of it as we go along. Yeah. But you know, it started out that the news had broken when we did last week's show, but all we knew was the, the thing happened. Uh, Edgar Wright is off the Ant-Man movie project that he's been working on since 2006, I think. So like, yeah, he's been on it for almost nine years. And, yeah, uh, Kevin Feige. And it was supposed to start shooting in, like, the next five weeks. Well, uh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> the whole thing is put together. There were various drafts of a script that Wright and his uh, there was partner. concept art. There was <laughs> there's people cast. Yeah. Paul Rudd and Michael Douglas, and this thing has been going on and on, and he was at Comic-Con, was it last year or two years ago? Something like Wright that. was, yep, to yep. show, like, the first special effects shots. And then, yeah, just before Memorial Day weekend, like, Friday afternoon before Memorial Day, which is when you report the stuff you really want everybody to know mm-hmm. you know yeah i embezzled 14 million dollars and <laughs> killed a hooker um thanks and have a good long weekend <laughs> thank you good night yeah so all that was announced at the time was that he was off the project um so we didn't really talk about it last week because that's all we knew there were rumors at the time and that... other staff have followed him like they they lost the cinematographer some other staff oh really yeah. i hadn't even heard that yeah so dude was working on it for a long time i'm sure there was a certain amount of loyalty there up and down the production yep. but but yeah at the time there, there was just a, a rumor that kevin Feig or somebody had taken the script back and given it to somebody to do a rewrite and it came back and it had completely fucked up right whatever vision right had yeah yeah um so he decided to walk he still hasn't said anything 
Um, no, just the sad Cornetto black and white picture that was circulating the internet until it was taken down. Yeah, the picture of uh, Buster Keaton holding a Cornetto, Cornetto ice cream cone, <laughs> and supposedly the the imagery there is Buster Keaton signed a contract with MGM and said he lost all his independence and it was the worst decision he ever made. That's the rumor. I've seen that reported all over the place. I've seen a picture that supposedly was the tweet. I still don't follow Edgar Wright's tweet, so I, I didn't see the original. Yeah. I don't know if it's legit. but So, yeah, I mean, now they're frantically looking for some poor sap to, Somebody, to take over the peak seat because they're still saying it's going to be released. In 2015. Yeah, next May. So, I mean, it's... It's one of those things. It's not the first time Marvel's done this. Oh, no. You know, the, the director of Thor 2 left slash got icked. I'm yep. not sure which. And that movie um, turned out all right. Yeah, all right. Um, it's not my favorite of them, but certainly not the, the not terrible. Back to Terrence Howard between Iron Man and Iron Man 2 got whacked, supposedly because of the money. Yeah. Ed Norton and, and is his, the Hulk. And, yeah. Oh, I say he and and Norton. There were some also reported diva like issues that nobody wanted to deal with out of the two of them. Well, I, certainly that's the rumor. I, I've also heard money. You yes, know, it's also one of those things. The first thing you do if you want to fire somebody in Hollywood is say, "Oh, I can't work with them. It's diva like behavior." Yeah, but that's speculation. that happens to me so often. I, look, I'm in a fucking bedroom talking to myself <laughs> on the east coast of the United <laughs> States. I don't know shit. So. <laughs> I'm talking out of my ass half the time, but. Yeah, so the Hollywood Reporter had a article up uh, recently this week saying that um, Adam McKay, Rawson Marshall Thurber, and Ruben Fleischer were all in the running now to pick up Ant-Man. <clears throat> and recently, Adam McKay has tweeted to say that... Now, Adam McKay directed... Anchorman. Anchorman. Yep. Um and Adam McKay has now, it seems, pulled out of that, um, citing that he has other commitments on his Twitter. He's committed to Twitter? Good for him. Is I there money in Twitter? I think they're going to be lovely together. I, yeah. I, I think they're a sweet couple. Oh, Jesus. Okay. <laughs> the children will be adorable. <laughs> now i got a picture of the director of Anchorman <laughs> trying to get his dick into his cell phone. and Into uh, a small bluebird. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Oh, not again. Fail well. <laughs> I don't like talking to you anymore. It's really disturbing it's me. It's like diva-like behavior. Nobody can work with me. <laughs> Screaming about bluebird and whale fucking. What's wrong with bluebird and whale fucking? No, we can't use that no, as a can't. title. But, uh... So, uh, so who are the other ones? I wrote them down. Rawson, and... Marshall, Thurber. Okay. Them I'm not that familiar with, so what have they done? Here, let me direct you to our website where I talk about this. I don't read what we write. <laughs> I don't care for our website. I don't like it. I know. I think it's um, Marshall Thurber um, and Ruben Fleischer. Fleischer uh, is known for Zombieland, which we did enjoy. Zombieland was good. It was. It was also. Like, it's one of those like we weren't sure what to expect from it, and it turned out to be quite delightful. Um, yeah, I mean, as as a good mix of uh, humor and sort of a funny sensibility and, you know. and bill murray and bill murray will bill murray be ant-man no you cast bill murray as ant-man i don't give a fuck who directs it, <laughs> I'm coming to see it. i would i would go see that um and thurber is known for dodgeball a true underdog story which i may have seen but i drink heavily Yeah, i think we watched it hammered one night and it was 
it was okay. Isn't that one of those ones where you watch and you go, oh, Vince Vaughn's working. That's nice. Uh, yeah. It's, uh, Good it was, for him. It was all right. <laughs> yeah, of the two, I think uh, Fleischer, because at least Zombieland had some legitimate action sequences that yeah. you know, were really kind of fun to watch. With, uh, was it uh, Woody Harrelson's character, Tallahassee? Yep. Yeah. In the the prize booth, <laughs> just gun fooing zombies from every direction. Yeah, I mean, it was, was a good scene. Legitimately, a good, scene. a good fun action scene. There was there was a lot to like about that movie. Um, you know, to to be fair though, and and be the the fanboy whiny voice of potential doom, um, Fleischer also did Gangster Squad, which fell on its face. Yeah, I, I have mean, no idea if it's any good or not. All I know is it made zero money. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> uh, I'm a sucker for a good gangster movie, but if I hear it's crap, I skip it or I catch it on cable. So I and Thurber is known for We're the Millers, which seem to have the conceit of Jennifer Aniston is a stripper. Yeah, no, thank you. Um. <laughs> that probably would have worked for me in '94. <laughs> My libido is not what it once was. You know, on the other hand, John Favreau directed Elf, and Iron Man turned out perfectly fine. So, <laughs> well, yeah, it's. Given the choice between the three of them, even though apparently McKay's said no to it, Fleischer is probably not a bad choice. He's probably not, but he's also rumored now to be uh, courted to be the director for Ghostbusters 3. That is the worst choice I've ever heard, this half-busted-sounding <laughs> Ant-Man production that basically you're just there to sort of say, okay, gang, let's put on a show, all the shit's already here, we might as yeah. well do it, or... Ghostbusters 3, where Bill Murray won't do it, and uh, Harold Ramis is dead. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, you have to wonder at that point, like, you know, what what demon offered you the choice that went so sideways? Yeah, you, you get the choice of <laughs> Ant-Man or, Jesus, I can, I can listen to Dan Aykroyd rant about aliens and ghosts for hours and hours and hours, and then I have to yell action. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean... But, I mean, that's the other thing. I'm sitting here going, uh, Fleischer's probably a good choice for a good mixture of humor and action, but we don't know what this script even remotely looks like at this point. No. You know, Edgar Wright, I think, based on his catalog, clearly would have done that kind of mix. But uh, whoever did the rewrite on it that you know, supposedly, you know, again, I've heard it reported in a bunch of places, East Coast, drunk, bedroom, ranting at a cheap microphone, <laughs> don't know shit. Um don't know what they did to it. I can imagine what they did to it. They probably Catwomaned it. I mean, that thing went through how many iterations where it started off life as something really interesting that John Rogers wrote and then turned into the thing that Halle Berry was in with Sharon Stone. Uh, let's be fa <laughs> let's be fair because we've seen John Rogers talk about <laughs> that and he said he the thing was put in his hands already fucked up from somebody else. True. He this did true. the best that he could with it and then it went through more hands. Yeah. So So that may be what's happening here with Wright's script. It's possible, but also, to play devil's advocate, there is a certain Marvel House style at this point where certain things happen and things proceed in a certain way and continuity is tied together in certain ways that yeah. has served them well. There aren't really, in my opinion, any terrible Marvel movies so far. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan of Thor or Thor 2, but I'm not the biggest Thor fan either. And those weren't horrible. I mean, I, I don't think they're the best of the movies, but they weren't horrible. But still, I've seen Thor 
a couple, three times and seen Thor 2 once. Yeah. You know, so it's not like I said, I got to go to bed. This is terrible. <laughs> Fall asleep like second viewing a Godzilla. <laughs> but it, so it's served them well. Um, and Marvel's got something to lose at this point. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, back in 2006, and keep in mind, that was before Iron Man or Hulk came out. Uh, yeah, you, Marvel could say, fuck it, let's get auteur directors and make some you know, risky casting choices. And all of them paid off. Uh, now they got something to lose. Yeah, but how many of them, other than Whedon, who they offered like truckloads of money to, chose to come back more than once? Favreau, I think, did for Iron Favreau Man. Favreau came back for Iron Man 2. Two. He didn't come back. For 3. Right. Uh, that was Shane Black. Right. Kenneth Branagh didn't come back from Thor. I forget who directed Thor 2. Uh, Joe Johnston didn't come back from Captain America. It was the Russo brothers that did Captain America, the Winter Soldier. That paid off. It did. But, and and again, it paid off. No matter who they bring in on Ant-Man, the Russo brothers, they'd do, the latest thing they'd done is direct episodes of Community. Who would expect, yeah, let's do sort of a dark espionage-based Captain America story. They're certainly not you know, who, at face value, you'd, you'd pick. So, I mean, True. in theory, if you got a decent script in the marvel style and a good cast and they've got a decent cast although with paul rudd jesus they have to go somewhere in a humor direction with it no this is this is very true i I, i'm wondering so you and i kicked around some some possible um well at least fun choices yeah if if it was up to us who would you like to see kinds of kinds of things and we'll talk about that in a minute but well and i'm just wondering because i'm pulling up the russo brothers on imdb they get some free time Yeah, community's but, uh, off the air. They they've got something that's in post production. I honestly don't know. You're for looking, 2014. Yeah, you're looking at IMDb. Are, yeah. are they signed for Captain America three? Uh, let me look. Reveal your secrets, internets. <laughs> no, not more tits. They're everywhere on the internet. But yeah, they are attached to Captain America three. But that's okay. That's the only thing that's on here, and that's 2016. Okay, so. It, it, certainly, they could work. Uh, they've obviously now done action in a darker vein. They've certainly done humor with community. That's a choice that could potentially work out. Yeah. But yeah, but it's also, this is the first time there has been a public rollback or split with a geek favorite yeah. auteur this is, this is director. This is the... The movie director equivalent of DC's spat with Gail Simone. <laughs> Just about. I mean, the the best analogy I can think of is I'm, I'm trying to imagine if, say, late 2011, Joss Whedon said he wasn't going to do Avengers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Whoever the fuck you bring in to do Avengers at that point. Yeah. It is going to be fucked and geekdom is going to be up in arms. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who no, you get. It doesn't. <laughs> it gets Scorsese. It's going to be no, no, no. You don't have the right sensibility for this. It's, I've seen Bringing Out the Dead. I almost had a stroke watching that thing. Steven Spielberg could decide to come back and sit down in the director's seat and he'd be boned. <laughs> <Like just> yeah. <laughs> and Wright sort of has that reputation. That's why they brought all the Scott Pilgrim stuff to Comic Con right. on paper. You know, we're that audience, and God knows, I didn't even know I liked Edgar Wright until I'd seen 
hot fuzz right. and realized I'd oh, I, I like Shaun of the Dead. Yeah. Um, I'd never seen Spaced. I still haven't had a chance to catch up on that. I've seen like the first couple episodes on Netflix. I'm going to have to try it again. It didn't really do a lot for me, but that's not necessarily because of him. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, yeah, I was looking forward to I've said repeatedly, The World's End was my favorite movie of last year, period. Yeah, that was a brilliant movie. So, so I was really looking forward to this. It's kind of a... I, I can't picture who you could bring in to make this not a shit end of the stick for the person getting it. Or, or how Marvel could salvage it. Because right now, yeah, in my opinion, we're looking at a project that was a personal vision about a character that nobody really gives a shit about. Yeah. Nobody was screaming, Ant-Man movie, we don't care who does it. <laughs> nobody. No. So. Ant-Man, a monkey could make this. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> so, I'm trying to, and we were talking about it. <laughs> yeah, they, I mean, there's there's some things that could potentially work. They have their pros and cons. And I just thought of another one right now that would just kill it dog dead. <laughs> What's Frank Miller doing these days? <laughs> oh, but the, the spirit was a piece of misunderstood and beautiful genius. Yeah, but there's another Sin City movie coming out. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, he's got Robert Rodriguez to sort of stand behind Frank as he points at stuff and sort of shake his head and, and mouth, no, no, go that way. Doing call signs from the baseline. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, it's all... It, <laughs> No one's going to say this. I'm going to tug my nose. You do that. For, the, for good or bad, what what will keep anybody in line on that is flat out saying, no, we're doing what's in the comic book that you drew. Yeah. So anybody could come in, you know, whether you believe rumors about anybody involved. There are no that. Muslim terrorists in this one, Frank. You didn't draw any there the first time. We're not putting them in now. Yeah. Oh, was, my God. <laughs> you know, there are rumors that many people in the world are <laughs> shit-faced on whiskey in their coffee at 10 a.m. <laughs> Who am I to say whether they're legitimate or not? But assuming, <laughs> say, somebody involved with Sin City was hammered at all times, whether there's any truth to that or not, by saying, no, what was on the page is what we're doing, can prevent that person from saying, you don't fucking know me, I'm the Messiah, and we're going to... Frank, this is a note you wrote to yourself from the past. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. It in brilliant two-color black and white. <laughs> yeah, it, it's a hard thing to interpret. Sure, if you see double, at least with the sharp lines, it's it's there. And, and it, it keeps everybody on track no matter how often you scream, <laughs> please FedEx me pants. And there somebody, are bugs on my skin. <laughs> somebody call me back. My number is five. So. <laughs> so yes, I'll hold. <laughs> so, so, yeah. And, you know, considering the Dark Knight strikes again, I'm sure... Miller's interpretation of Ant-Man would involve some weird sexual practice of... <laughs> See, the problem is, I can't make that any worse than when Jeff Johns had Ant-Man go down on the Wasp in Avengers I while he was shrunk down. cannot unsee what you have just put in my head. So, yeah, that, that hypothetical Frank Miller... <laughs> Perversion. We can use the word perversion. 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 Yeah, uh, that's already been done. So, all right. So yeah, don't bring Frank in. Who but needs some whiskey in their coffee? Uh, <laughs> I need some beer, but well, let's do this first. So, all right. So other other possibilities. Let's uh, let's put Kevin Smith out there. What what's he doing other than Helena handbag or handbag Helena? Yeah, he's doing uh, some movie based on uh, something that came up in one of his podcasts. Uh, supposedly, Clerks Three is in pre-production. At least there's a a script apparently. Yeah, God bless IMDb. <laughs> Go ahead and fire them up. I'm doing that right now. 
Smith could be an interesting choice because he's been attached to comic book stuff over and over again throughout his career. Back to the 90s, uh, he was on uh, the Superman project that wound up being taken over by uh, Tim Burton and then went nowhere. Yep. Tusk is the one he's he's also working on. That's the one based on his podcast. Okay. Um, yeah, dude turns into a walrus. Apparently he can smoke podcasts now, but whatever. <laughs> Um, but he was also attached to Six Million Dollar Man, and that script got turned into the first several issues of the Dynamite comic, The Bionic Man, which started back in 2011, and that was actually pretty decent. Yeah. Um, yeah it had some good action to it, really took the source material seriously, considering for years they were trying to make a Bionic Man movie with fucking Jim Carrey for some reason. Because why not? Yeah. Um, did the Green Hornet script. So he's been attached to stuff that, well, uh, maybe it's... <laughs> Maybe it's a sign that he's been attached to a lot of shit that nobody wound up wanting to make. <laughs> but there have been comic adaptations of, of some of them. They wound up being pretty good. Yes. Um, and he's he's made some good movies. He has. I was a huge Kevin Smith fan through the 90s. Uh, there was a point where I, I did really kind of check out. Yeah. yeah. It was around Smodcast. It's awesome what he's done with podcasting and setting up his own network, but... It, just the getting Red State made and the big publicity stunt of I'm going to buy it for a buck and I'm going to put it on pay-per-view. And Red State was certainly an interesting enough movie, but that's also as close as he's ever really gotten to action. Yep. You know, minus the scenes of himself in a Batman cowl and mall rats. <laughs> but you know, his first action sequence was Dante getting shot, and they're like, no, 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 take that out. So that's probably not a good sign. Doesn't he also zip line? No, he... Doesn't he also zipline in Mallrats? Uh, he does and winds up with his face in some girl's crotch. That's action. That's Ant-Man, baby. That's Ant-Man action. <laughs> Get this man on Ant-Man. But, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's... The other problem is he has also helmed a lot of comic projects. Yes. Some of which are the worst comics in human fucking history. Ugh. Yes, the Batman widening gyre. Widening gyre, making Frank Miller's Year One Batman piss his fucking trunks. Maybe he'll make Ant Man piss himself. That might be all he's got in it based <laughs> on some of these. Uh, Maybe the Michael Douglas one. Yeah, I mean, just going through, <laughs> he's I was, seventy. Yeah. <laughs> no, he will focus right in on Michael Douglas's throat cancer <laughs> slash cunnilingus cause, and he'll make that act two. Yeah, but. But I was going through an old long box today because I'm still going through the collection and figure out what I've got. It was like a greatest hits of shit Kevin Smith sort of <laughs> did kind of once. Uh, Daredevil the Target, one issue. You got Glenn Fabry to do interiors. He never does interiors. Yep. And he hasn't since that first issue because he never fucking finished that thing. <laughs> never did anything beyond That's the right. first issue. Spider-Man, the evil that men do, which decided to make Black Cat's entire origin story, uh, Somebody Raped Me, which is the lowest form of automatic yeah, like motivation really that's all you can come up with. any dude can come up with. And even that, I think there was like two years between issue two and three or three and four or something. Yeah, he's worse than Bendis. <laughs> yeah, well, at least Bendis, you know why it's late. It's because he's doing 46 other Marvel comics, that's most true. of which are at least decent in quality. As opposed to stoned and doing a podcast. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um you know, to, this is why I'm late on all the comics that I'm writing. Yeah, I, I would. <laughs> we're the last people who should write comics. <laughs> this is true. Yeah, for Christ's sake, we've just dove to cunnilingus. And, 
Yeah, to keep us away from the comics. We'll talk about them, but don't ever let us. Fuck that. I think our future's bright. <laughs> That's right. We we got places to go, baby. Why just just a few hours ago we were downstairs watching TV and now now we're in our second bedroom talking to a newer computer. I was watching TV. I was also taking a nap. See? Things are already getting better for us. All right, so Kevin Smith uh, has some some pros and certainly some cons. He's got some <clears throat> geek cred. I don't think he has nearly as much geek cred as he had no, even I, ten years ago. Yeah, I, I think he's he's his juice is down. But yeah. to be fair, Kevin Brana's juice was down when he took Kenneth, on fo- Kenneth, Kenneth Brana. I said yeah. that. What did I say? I don't know. It's not like we're recording this. We'll never find out. <laughs> his juice was was not quite at the A list level that it had been. When he took on Thor. That's true, but that was an interesting choice because he had done big Shakespearean... Shakespeare? He did Shakespeare. He did, he did big Shakespearean <laughs> Shakespeare. It was Shakespearean in the sense that Shakespeare did that shit. So. <laughs> <laughs> and he, he's done it on, on, the, on the stage as well as on the big screen. Yeah, so, so it was an interesting choice. Kevin Smith could be an interesting choice. There's still, He's still got a huge fan base. Fun fact. Both he and Joss Whedon have done adaptations of um, that Shakespeare thing that has um, those people in it. (laughs) You were an English major. I majored in print journalism, which means I spent four years drinking for no reason. Much ado about nothing. Don't fucking Google it. (laughs) My point was going to be I know much ado about nothing and you do not. And that should make you sad and you should be ashamed. It's not that I don't know it. It's just that I blanked for half a second. That's stupid, and you're stupid for saying this. I drink, <laughs> and we're gonna soon. But in any event, what the fuck are we talking about? <laughs> Kenneth Branagh. Kenneth Branagh. Yes. So <laughs> had a thing in common with Joss Whedon, other than Marvel. <laughs> other than Marvel. So, um, you also brought up, and there's no way this could possibly end well. No. But... Oh God, no. <laughs> It would be interesting, and it frankly, it's a reason to see a million ways to die in the West. Seth MacFarlane could certainly do humor, and and he could do the the level of just like weird, like comedy that <laughs> well, is inherent in anything that's going to be called Ant Man. <laughs> and he could do an ass kicking extended action sequence if only Ant Man would fight a fucking <laughs> chicken. See three minutes of Ant Man <laughs> tripping and falling down. Oh. <sighs> <sighs> oh. <laughs> um, I don't. I doubt he would ever do an adaptation. The dude has done, uh, you know, other than Cosmos, and you know, God bless him for doing that because I really like. That. No, but the only thing that might give me hope that you know, not that he would pick it up. He's he's busy enough. I don't think that he he would have the time necessarily to do it. He's got uh, Ted Three has just been announced and. He's Did I miss Ted with... 2? Oh, sorry. Ted 2 has just been announced. I was thinking It's Clerks very possible. Three. That Shakespeare thing that that guy was in with those people. Much ado about Ted. <laughs> um, and Doth, we shall be Thunder Buddies. <laughs> I would see that. <laughs> what wind through yonder window breaks. <laughs> I miss my calling. What dude. wind through yonder butt breaks. Come on. It's McFarland. <laughs> I know, I'm just thinking I miss my calling doing Shakespeare parodies. <laughs> you should have read more than fucking Hamlet. <laughs> fucking Cliff Notes. We didn't even have Spark Notes back in the day, kids. You had to read a book to read a book. <laughs> <laughs> and that hurt me. 
So um, anyway, he did do a really nice hysterical tribute to the Star Wars trilogy through Family Guy. I did love those. Um, which, again, shows that he has an appreciation for genre. True. Um, that could translate to a comic book movie if he were offered it and accepted it, which is just bald fangirling over here. <laughs> yeah, I have, there's there's no upside for him because no. getting back to the original piece of it, it's nice to spitball some of these names, but these are names taking a step back. To salvage a project that had most of its geek cred destroyed on a Friday afternoon before a long weekend. Although he is the man with the kind of thick skin that could step in, do the best that he could, and then just walk the fuck away. Because <laughs> he's got other shit to do. I point you to the Oscars. <laughs> yeah, I suppose that's true. <laughs> and it, He's got nothing to lose. No. <laughs> he's got his billion dollars. Yeah. You know? Yeah, fuck it. I'll come in. I'll be a gun for hire. And all the publicity should be, look, I, I took over an abortion. And the movie came out on the appointed date. Yeah. And, and yeah, there's 45 minutes of chicken fighting in the middle. but <laughs> and, and, and balls. <laughs> P.S. balls. P.S. balls. And, <laughs> you don't like it? Don't hire me back. Fuck you. And the horse you run in on. Oh, there's not going to be an Ant-Man franchise? You couldn't make a Hulk franchise, motherfucker. You think there's going to be Ant-Man 2? Those are two words that have never, ever been put together. Wait, I'm going to put together some other ones. Ant-Man 2, Electric Boogaloo. Oh, don't go straight to the Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> How can you not? For Christ's sake. No, Ant-Man 2, The Quickening. Um, Jesus. Ant-Man 2, The Antoning. <laughs> Ant-Man 2, 3D. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> You don't even need to make it in 3D. You just need to have a kid to fire spitballs at your eye. That's Ant-Man Ant -Man 2 effect. returned to Naboo. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Ant-Man 2, the Clone War. <laughs> oh, that, yeah, nobody wants that. So, actually, I think that would be kind of fun. Yeah, bring Seth MacFarlane in. Yeah. Fuck it. He'll probably do it for a buck. Yeah. Just for the sheer lunatic thrill of it. It's like, all right, how long do I have to work? <laughs> I'm going to hand this off to an editor afterwards. When my work is done, I'm done, and I'll do the press tour because fuck it. Ant-Man 2, what the hell else were you doing anyway? <laughs> Ant-Man 2, we're Marvel. We scared the other movies off. We're the only thing open this weekend. <laughs> we're all you got, baby. He'll <laughs> <laughs> make the whole movie about a guy named Scott Lang with a tiny penis. It'll yeah. be, it'll it was be a the, horrible accident. It'll be the Bucky Larson of superhero <laughs> movies. Bucky Larson of superhero movies is the title of this <laughs> podcast. Remember it. Bucky Larson of superhero movies. So, <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, it's just the the project is. It feels fucked. It, it yeah. feels like, it feels like Kevin Fage and uh, Edgar Wright got together years ago and said, "Yeah, this would be fun, and we got some money to throw around, and we got nothing to lose, so screw it." And be awesome. We'll have blackjack and hookers and yeah. a movie. And forget about <laughs> forget the movie. The movie. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it just reached a. A critical mass of okay, we've put this many million dollars behind it, and we want it to go one way, and you want it to go another, and unfortunately, all the money was spent making it go in the other way. Yeah, and now you got to get some poor son of a bitch to to fall on the sword. Yeah, yeah I, I think the best possible choice: get somebody who doesn't matter to me whatsoever if it goes wrong. Yeah, 
And that could be Kevin Smith, too. With it his, could be, with yeah. His Other Smodcast, shit to fall back on. <laughs> yeah, with his Smodcast network, he's he's doing fine for himself. Let him come in as a gun for hire like Cop Out. Yeah. Might be no better than Cop Out. <laughs> I'm sure it could be better than Cop Out. Almost anything could be better than Cop Out. <laughs> but, you know, if it doesn't work, eh, fuck it. He's used to saying fuck it to the press anyway, so. Yeah. All right, Internet, that's what we have to say about that. Now go and, and do something else entirely. Yeah. <laughs> so so that was one piece of bad news from Marvel. And what else did Marvel do to step uh, on its own dick this week? Well, this is all just, <laughs> this is all just rumor. And, and I don't want to spend a hell of a lot of time talking about it because it, it is just a rumor. Uh, nobody's confirmed it, but we've gotten non-denial denials from Tom Brevert and... Uh, yes, however, in addition to Bleeding Cool, who broke the speculation on this, it was picked up by Comic Book Resources, who, Bleeding Cool points out, um, have employed a news editor who moonlights writing PR for Marvel for Tom Brevort. <laughs> yeah, so there may be something to it. It's certainly nothing's been announced, and it's all just rumor at this point. But the rumor is that Marvel CEO Isaac Perlmutter is so crazy with rage over the fact that Fox has the rights to Fantastic Four that he's ordered Fantastic Four, the first real Marvel book yep. by Stan Lee and Jack Kirby that turned Marvel into what it is today has ordered it be canceled rather than give free publicity to Fox for the Fantastic Four movie that's opening next year. Yes. And again, this is all just <laughs> rumor. And when the first the story came up, we didn't do Was anything. Was it supposed to open opposite Ant-Man or something? I mean... <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Let those two cancel themselves out of this point. But, but uh, yeah, I mean, when the story first broke, we didn't do anything on it on the main website. Because uh, it was speculation. Because it was speculation. It wasn't sourced. It was all anonymous stuff. And, you know, I we really like Bleeding Cool. Um, it's fun to read, and they get some scoops. But they also get some stuff that sometimes never comes to pass. Right. So, yeah, they they they, they deal in gossip. Gossip's fun. You can't always count yeah. on it. And this may still be gossip, but there's been enough other stuff popping up. It's worth at least... Discussing. You know, shouting about in a bedroom on the east coast but, yes um so it, yeah I'd, well i mean the and it comes down to sony owns amazing spider-man but they cut a better merch deal with sony so that marvel makes money when sony makes money whereas they don't have that same agreement with fox and there's some speculation further that this is also going to spill into eventually the X titles, which, despite being wildly popular, are also owned as IP by Fox, which is why they've been promoting the Inhumans as a mutant alternative than their own mutants. Yeah, which which makes sense. Um, yeah, apparently, again, the rumor is that Marvel... And Disney have a better relationship with Sony because Sony allowed, like, the TV animation rights for Spider-Man to come back to Marvel so they could do Ultimate Spider-Man. Yep. Um, but I, on one hand, I, I don't see how you can even... Uh, 
it, it's even hard to articulate. It just feels weird to me that anybody might say, yeah, Fantastic Four, even though it doesn't have the best sales in the world, it, it's like canceling Superman. Yeah. It's, this is where Marvel started. It is. And also, if they, if Fox even managed to do a half-decent job on their Fantastic Four reboot, it doesn't really matter if they cancel the damn book. There's a whole wealth of backstories that can be pulled from to create material for more movies. Well, uh, yeah. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Um, uh, there is, and supposedly, that, and that's a whole other part of this rumor, and again, all of these are rumors, but um, some of it's been backed up by at least what seems to be documentation. Um, supposedly orders have gone out that not a lot of innovation happen in both the Fantastic Four and the X titles. Yes. Because supposedly part of the terms of the deal with Fox is that, and then if it happens under those banners, we have the rights to it to do movies. Yes. Um, well, specifically, they've got an instruction sheet um, for sketch card guidelines. And, and again, we... This is a thing we found on the internet. I've found a lot of shit on the internet. Yeah, I mean, this this could just as easily have been ginned up by somebody. Um, but it's it's specific to Fantastic Four rather than X-Men. Uh, that sketch card artists are not to create art around Mr. Fantastic, Invisible Woman, Thing, Human Torch, Doctor Doom, Galactus, Silver, Sur- Silver Surfer, The Watcher, who has been killed off? <laughs> yeah, scrolls, um, etc. And any derivative, if in doubt, please draw something else. Yeah. So, and this also is tying into, you know, timing-wise, James Robinson is writing Fantastic Four right now. Which, spoiler, <laughs> <laughs> we're we'll talk about this comic later. Possibly, uh, they they're on trial right now for the grievous destruction that they have brought to specifically Manhattan, but planet Earth in general. Yeah. Um, and Robinson is about to embark on a story arc called The End of the Fantastic Four because he is Death Destroyer of Worlds whenever he gets his hands on a comic book lately. <laughs> <laughs> it's not his fault. <laughs> his editorials, yes. <laughs> Editorial you know, took away some of his decisions on Earth to... He, I'll stand by him to the gates of hell for Starman. He's a great writer, and that particular Fantastic Four book is really good. So it's just like I'd, I'd like to see the guy find himself on a property where he doesn't get icked or told he has to kill something. Yeah, <laughs> let's also be fair. He also did Justice League Cry for Justice, which I have a certain soft spot for just because it is so overblown and over the top. I really like the art. I'll, I'll go. Th- I'll say that much. About I don't that even book. remember who did the art on that. To I tell don't you the truth. remember either, but it was it. It, it looked painted. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's a lot of pretty stuff out there that doesn't have the Adam torturing a dude. <laughs> yeah. And, and and Green Arrow, famed liberal, pre-New 52. Moro Caschioli. Okay. I probably just butchered his name, but... But yeah, but, <laughs> but which doesn't have Green Arrow, famed liberal, liberal before the New 52. <laughs> sort of saying that torture's probably okay. <laughs> Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> again, after Starman, as far as I'm concerned, he gets a pass to try anything he wants, and I'll say, oh, no, sir, I don't care for it. What do you got next? True. I- and 
he is a great choice given his affinity for long historic properties to do Fantastic Four. But we'll we'll talk about that particular issue coming up. Yeah. Um, what really concerns me about this, and it does it's not even concerned. It just sort of really walloped me. And people have been saying it for years, but it really hammers it home that Marvel, at the very least, really isn't a comic book company anymore under the eyes of the people in control of it it's an intellectual property farm right realistically if you really gave a shit about the comic books you would take the idea of oh well somebody is doing a fantastic four movie that could drive people to the comic book you would take that viewpoint and not the oh well we don't get movie money from it so we're going to try and scuttle you for what end game? I don't know. Assuming the whole thing is true, for pure. Money. In- They're in it for the money. We're in it for the love. We opened this podcast today by reminding people that we're not in this for the money. I'm just the up here. The House of Mouse is in this for the money. What? I'm just <laughs> up here until my hands stop shaking. But <laughs> I'm in it because it keeps me locked up until the DTs done go away. But but that, what fucking money by? Canceling the Fantastic Four, lowering their profile, whatever they do just because somebody else has a movie out. What's the long game? The short game is pure animal spite, if this is the case. The long game is what? The comics. So that which they can only... get the rights to the movie, the, the movie rights to the those characters back when it's no longer profitable well, that, for, for Fox. That's and that's what I was going to say. <laughs> Try and find a way to drive the, the value of a property that, as a movie property, after... The two Fantastic Four movies that did come out. Jessica Alba is a nuclear physicist. Really? Is she? <laughs> is that what she but is I now? But I believe her as a stripper. God well, bless her. So that's, that's who they should have got for Where are the Millers. <laughs> what, who, what fucking rocket scientist cast Jessica Alba as eye candy where the character is fucking invisible? It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I'd totally fuck her if I could see her. <laughs> Get the whale fucker in here. It doesn't matter. <laughs> She's invisible. So there's there's no money in these characters. The the movies. I don't I don't know if they made any money or not. But I they can't. Okay. I can't think of a single geek friend of mine who's like, yeah, Fantastic Four. Those were the best flicks of the last ten years. <laughs> well, no, but I mean they they've had some success with other lower profile, even lower profile books. You know, think about it. They they sort of scuttled. Ghostwriter. Now, to be fair, those movies were shit. Oh yes. Yes. However, they were. between the two, with you know, for those few people that may have found Nicolas Cage's performance engaging enough to go to a comic book store and look for the book and find that it's not there, you know, they Marvel now has the rights to Ghostwriter back. Yeah, and playing the long game got him the rights to to Daredevil back. Yep. And that's going to be one of the characters on the Netflix series. Yep. Another case where a creator's walked away, but I haven't mm-hmm. enough background to even want to talk about that at this point. Um, but, but yeah, to make this kind of a move, just based on the movie, it, it shows, number one, you don't give a shit if somebody reads the comic or not. Right. Even if they did nothing and just said, we are not going to tie this in in any way, it just it, it shows you don't care if somebody comes back from the movie and says, I want to read a Fantastic Four comic. Right. And if the rumors, and I want to stress again, these are all rumors and anonymous, based on anonymous sources who might have any axe to grind, but but it does sort of 
hammer home if it's true if 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 people are not are being instructed to not create innovative new characters or villains in these franchises to hold on to movie rights and no do it in avengers you know do it somewhere else yeah you're cursing these books to stagnate and fantastic four they become merely merch yeah at that point not and not stories that are vibrant that exist on their own for the sake of entertaining yeah it's it's an ip farm and fantastic four if nothing else has a reputation of being on one of the most innovative and out there comics at its best yeah and you know this latest issue, and we'll talk about it in a minute. We'll talk about it right after yeah. this because the, the the first thing we thought, all right, shit, if we're going to talk about this, let's make sure we talk about the comic to see is it worth saving. Yeah. Um, and but yeah, I mean, this issue is mired in. Let's look back at the things that have happened before this. Yes. And it works great. And if you're going to do that, Robinson is the best writer to possibly do it because it's a man with a sense of history mm -hmm. with anything that he writes. But it's not a science fiction, you know, extrapolation. Uh, no. Uh, you're not making any innovation. It's not a Hickman book. <laughs> yeah. And uh, my God, if you're, if you're going to do that to X-Men, you know, I don't like X-Men. There's one or two X-Men titles that I read. But, but they're kind of going down that path. This whole, like, you know, the end of Wolverine or death of Wolverine. Well, I don't, even for a minute, think that they're going to leave Wolverine dead. No matter what, no matter who has the, if I had the rights to Wolverine <laughs> and said, I'll trade him for a fifth of Jack Daniels and a quick angry hand job, <laughs> they would still, this is just another comic book death. That will get some attention and they'll keep him dead for a while and bring him back. He's just too popular a character. I don't disagree, but it's just it feels like they're they're going out of their way to to start characters down paths that lead to the breakup of the band or the termination of this character. And some of it is publicity stunty, and some of it, you know, when you see even speculative articles like this, you know. It sends up some warning shots in terms of how valued are these these books, these stories. In our well, and that's the problem to people like us. It's about the comics. You know, we we've gone to these movies and we've talked about them for the last few weeks because we're old enough. And I've given this analogy a million times. We're old enough to remember that th there was a certain point in my teenage life where the last comic book movie that came out was Howard the fucking Duck. Yeah. And then I had to wait three years for the first <laughs> Batman movie to come right. out. Right. So it's really a great time to be a geek because these ancillary properties that reimagine the stuff I've been reading since I was five years old are out there and they're on TV and they're going to be on Netflix and they're in the movie theaters every and I, three weeks for at least four months out of the year. I feel like to fans like you and I, they are... Um, extension and enrichment activities yeah you read the book and then you go enjoy the movie but you don't need the movie the movie's nice that <laughs> but you don't yeah. need it yeah it, today i was i was reading um nightwing 30 which is the end of nightwing um i haven't checked that one out yet well here here's a a, a wee spoiler <laughs> i was going along and reading the book and it, and it was very nicely done until i got to one panel where um Bruce says 
to to Dick Grayson, you know, why do we fall down? <laughs> I'm just like, really? <laughs> it's, it's really. <laughs> see, the reverse is happening from when we were kids. When we were kids, we would go to see a movie, and then we'd go to the spinner rack to get the comic book adaptation of that movie. Yes. Because you couldn't get movies back then. You saw it in the theater, and then it was gone. Couldn't get movies back then, or your parents were too cheap to take you. I had the Flash Gordon miniseries. I had the Raiders of the Lost Ark miniseries. Oh, yeah. <laughs> My parents wouldn't let me see Blade Runner because it was rated R. So I didn't see that until I was in high school. Mm -hmm. By God, I have and i still have i went through and it's in one of the long boxes the the marvel adaptation of blade runner yeah it was okay for me to read as a comic book because it had that comic code authority stamp they knew i wasn't going to see no boobies or nothing <laughs> but but now it's the opposite for at least people from our generation it's yeah we go see the movies and we pick up the blu-rays because it's a nice ancillary thing but it's these are short events you know we've we just had X-Men Days of Future Past. The next one is Guardians of the Galaxy in August. Yep. And then I'm not even sure off the top of my head what the next one is. It might be fucking Ant-Man. It might be. <laughs> but but we still go to the comic store every week. Yeah. And, and people marvel at our takes because we have some of the larger stacks, you particularly. Well, we, it's <laughs> because uh, we don't have kids and we're not going to have kids because no kids are going to touch my fucking comic books. <laughs> Also, you hate kids. And I hate <laughs> kids and couldn't fucking care less. But, <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's where, you know, th that's where my love is. That's where uh, yours is. Yes. We go to San Diego every year for the last eight or nine years. We go to the comic panels. We don't hang out in fucking Hall H. You know, I don't really give a shit. It's nice to see thirty seconds of say ant-man or iron man 97 or whatever it is but yep. i kind of want to hear what's coming up in walking dead yes will they finally kill negan please fucking kill negan somebody kill Negan. although you can't shoot your way into a walking dead panel now <laughs> uh you can still get well yeah even the walking dead particular comic panels you can't but the skybound one we just walk in this is true kirkman yeah. gives a great fucking panel Yep. You owe it to yourself to go to one. You won't get into Ballroom 20 for the Walking Dead TV one. <laughs> no. But he'll be in Room 9 or something, you know, yeah, talking up Skybound true. and some of the ancillary comics under the imprint. It's a fucking good time. Yeah. yeah J. Michael Straczynski, you know, a lot of people hate his comics, puts on a great panel. Yeah. If you ever go to a, con a convention where Straczynski is speaking, you owe it to yourself to go listen to the man. He has some excellent insights on the process of writing, and he will tell you if you're being an asshole in your questions. So there's no there's no obvious, like, fanboying. Like, yeah, <laughs> Mr. Szynski, you're awesome. Would you please tell me how you got to be so awesome? Now, let's also be fair. Uh, he'll tell you if you're an asshole based on his particular definition. <laughs> you know? This is true. And that definition includes, you know, dude, you walked away from Superman six issues into the thing. Even if you say, oh, Superman walking across, awesome idea. Why'd you walk away? You're an asshole. That's just yeah. how it is with, with <laughs> is But it's uh, we're into it for the comic books and the idea that, you know, these once- Hell, not even once a year. These ten time a year special events on weekends that we go see once, and we'll get the Blu-ray and watch them. You know, when the mood strikes, or oh, we got nothing going on, let's watch. Yeah, you know, Spider-Man. The 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 Raimi one's going into Amazing Spider-Man and drink. Well, I think when when you have someone like Axel Alonso, just say flat out when people are asking about crisis after crisis and event. 
after event at Marvel panels, like I think this was at last year's, although it could have been the year before, they all begin to run to, run together. I know what you're going to say it's every year. <laughs> and uh, he he refers to them as summer blockbusters. Like the language of movies is beginning to carry over to their discussion of their comic books. And I don't know if that's what you thought I was going to say. But... I thought you were going <laughs> to say the other thing he always says is you keep buying them. You don't True. want them, don't buy them. Right, right. But he specifically used the word summer blockbuster. <laughs> yeah, and there's a event fatigue is a whole different thing, and I'm sure by the end of the summer when the next events have all gone by. Well, no, but it does make you wonder, though, if if this is a company that's going the way of we are now an IP farm, and we've got X number of big... Uh, storyline books from the previous decades now going forward you know is it in our interest to irritate fox enough so that we get x-men back because we really want to do schism like (laughs) yeah we want to do avx we want to we want to you know find a way to tell the dark phoenix saga properly you know the i guarantee you the first one they'll do is civil war but, right, right. But you see what I'm saying? But yeah, you can do that without X-Men, and you can do that without Fantastic Four. You can. You can. And that's why they'll, why they'll do it. But you see where I'm going with this. <laughs> yeah. And, well, that's the other tricky thing is, is someone who's in it for the comics, if they are becoming an IP farm and the things they don't have the rights to turn into movies or TV shows are things they will let stagnate. If nothing new happens in X-Men, right now it's still one of their primary lines and makes them a lot of money yep so it's being generally left alone but if it's, it's the same... left alone um but there's something called axis coming up so they'll promote it they'll promote the x-men just as much as they need to promote the avengers which are going to be part of that yeah uh, but if the only thing they've got is well we're not going to introduce any new characters but we'll kill one every few months and then bring them back every next few months that it's not going to last it'll right. stagnate and you're going to have to hope for a world that does not exist anymore where you could just do the same story every three years because a new batch of kids picks up comics. I got news for you. A new batch of kids ain't picking up comics. No. New comic book day gives me a little bit of hope every year, and then I don't see those fucking kids again. But those, yeah, that, that's the trend of a lot of the entertainment industry at this point. Think of all of the things that have been rebooted and reimagined. You know, <laughs> we've got a new Terminator coming out, potentially. We've got uh, the RoboCop reboot that sucked. The Total Recall reboot that sucked. <laughs> Let's be fair. We didn't see the RoboCop reboot. reboot. Well, the, all the, the reboots Total Recall that... reboot fucking sucked. <laughs> but... Right. But this is my point. Like, everybody's going, oh, well, that did well. Let's try that. Like, yeah, but you never had to do that with comics because the, the budget is zero. Right. So it's a writer and an artist and throw it at the wall, and if it doesn't work, you cancel it after six months. And certainly new characters and titles can come up and thousands have been created and thrown away in the 30 something years we've been reading comics and nobody's making a movie nobody's making a movie out of fucking night thrasher (laughs) it's not happening true but this is true the thing that concerns me is i don't know what to do about it if this is how these people are looking at it what as a comic book fan is the choice particularly if you like big two comics. Fantastic Four. Let's say they are planning to cancel it. Yeah. 
because they they can't make any changes to it because they don't want to give Fox any money. Well, do you buy the book to show it support? I think you that, buy you buy what you like to read. If you know if the storylines are going downhill and they no longer are of interest, there's no shame in not buying it. Buy what you like. Yeah, I suppose that's all you can do. I mean, I, I mean, but there's a, there's no way to send a message to anybody. No. I suppose you get if every if we put Fantastic Four at two hundred thousand copies a month, that would they certainly wouldn't cancel that because it's making money. But well, I think I think what you do is again you buy what you like. You're not obligated to buy everything, and if a creator who had been working on that storyline is doing something else that's creator-owned and independent that they have the ability to write, you know, without restriction, you support them in that. Yeah, and certainly we buy our share of... I don't do a lot of hardcore indie, but there's a lot of image books I get and dark horse books. Yeah. Um, You know, for good or ill, our local comic store is mostly big, too, but they'll get anything you ask for. Right. Some of it you don't necessarily hear about and miss it. But but you try to keep an eye on it to the to the degree you can. I mean, so you know what? I don't know what James Robinson has in the pipeline in addition to Fantastic Four. But if something goes sideways with Fantastic Four, I would want to support him on whatever the next thing is. Well, yeah, and God knows I follow creators as much, at least as much as I follow characters. I mean, yeah. there's there's books on my pull list. You know, I've said a million times. You know, Jonathan Hickman is a good big idea writer. I find his stuff often to be bloodless and more interested in here's a cool plot that I came up with as opposed to the characters. But when he does focus on characters, I think he does fine. This week's Avengers, you know, I actually liked a lot because there was a lot of character work between Iron Man and future Hawkeye and current <laughs> Hawkeye was was kind of fun, including yeah. the big ideas. But I certainly had Fantastic Four on my polls while he had it, even though I thought, eh, he's got kind of... Whereas I, I just didn't rate it. I was like, eh. <laughs> no. And I don't know. It's, <laughs> I suppose that's one thing you can do. You yeah. Know. I mean, I can... Well, no, I was going to say one thing you could do, do what Hickman does. Every time he can get his hands on Reed Richards, he makes him a cock. <laughs> Nobody wants to make a movie with that guy. He's a prick. He destroys worlds. <laughs> this is true. But so yeah, why aren't they letting Hickman ride this in the dust? <laughs> but it just it feels hard as a comic book fan, you know. <clears throat> buy the book to show solidarity. It keeps it from getting canceled, but it keeps it stagnating until you know somebody decides it's not profitable and then the rights come back or do you stop buying it and that justifies the decision well nobody gave a shit and then profits go down and maybe the movie tanks and the rights go back to marvel and then they bring it back anyway yeah it feels like a fan there's no way to make your your voice heard on this short going into a second bedroom on the east coast and screaming into a fucking microphone screaming into a microphone i i think you know i think all you can do is vote with your dollar and if enough people vote with their dollar <laughs> yeah that is what speaks to these boards of directors who are making these decisions to turn these companies into IP farms. Yeah. If you don't write good stories, then nobody is going to buy it. And if nobody buys it, when you go to make a movie out of it, it's going to suck because it was a suck story to begin with. Yeah. 
I buy what you like. I suppose that's that's all you can do. Yeah, it doesn't matter yeah. how you know how star studded a cast it is. If it was ill conceived to begin with, Green Lantern, um, then it's not gonna. <laughs> I got a soft spot for that flick. And... Well, yeah, but I think you and I have more of an appreciation for it because we at least know the backstory of Green Lantern for Joe Average going to the movies. They saw a lot of visual noise. Yeah, and they should have kept him on Earth, and that's a whole different conversation. We're already over an hour, so I don't <laughs> want to talk too much about Green Lantern. But sometimes the best casting in the world just steps on your dick, man. Dolph Lundgren is the Punisher. That should have made $4 billion. <laughs> <laughs> or just keep doing what Marvel's doing. It looks like on an infinite timeline, if enough people have their their druthers... Reed Richards will be a cock, and it'll be the Jim Hammond Human Torch, and it'll be a whole different group of four people, and they'll call themselves the Fantastic Force, Fantastic Fisting, I don't know, some other thing, and they'll make their own movies. They'll out. they'll decide to uh, revisit Marvels and Ruins, and they'll tie it into a nostalgia throwback because Captain America and Winter Soldier did so well. That yeah, could be. <laughs> you heard it here first. Bald <laughs> speculation of two titles you may only have heard of if you're us and five other people. Yeah. Spun <laughs> out of a rumor that may or may not have any truth to it. <laughs> because that's the thing. Now that the thing's public, you know, Marvel could easily walk back and say, oh, it was just rumors. We were never going to do that. We we're going to devote all these resources to Fantastic Four. Yeah. Nobody's looking? Okay. <laughs> right. But, I mean, at this point, we, we've talked pretty extensively about the latest Fantastic Four issue. I, I, I'll I just do a quick bullet review, and you can mention anything you want. It's sure. It is since Robinson has such a good eye toward history whenever he writes anything. It is a great courtroom issue where basically he puts almost the entire history of the Fantastic Four on trial to show them as dangers to themselves and others and tantrum throwing menaces to society and unworthy to have children when your group first got together mr fantastic or mr richards <laughs> your your then girlfriend soon to be wife turned invisible giving a man a heart attack were you aware of that <laughs> yeah not me i was too busy calling myself fantastic because i could stretch my wang 14 feet <laughs> But I thought it was very effective. It was, it was an interesting look at the history of the Fantastic Four. Yeah. Um, you know, as a courtroom scene, I've been in one or two courtrooms. Always not guilty, but <laughs> always acquitted. Um, as a courtroom scene, it makes no sense whatsoever. But yeah. as a retrospective on how people could view the Fantastic Four, I thought it was very effective. And, yeah, it brought a nice tie-in to Johnny Storm losing his powers a few issues back. It's like, oh, okay, here's an interesting thing that they could do with it. You know, I already mentioned. They brought know, back Jim Hammond. Jim Hammond. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they do with that. It's, I think since Robinson's been back on it, I've really hooked back into the book, and I've really been enjoying it. Yeah, I, I, I think that it comes down to Robinson has a feel for the human side of the characters. It's... It's nice to have big ideas. You know, a book about Reed Richards lead, lends itself to big science-y, big ideas. But 
you got to balance it with the characters. It's, yeah, it can't be bloodless. I think Matt Fraction <laughs> doing the FF stuff, you know, that he was able to balance the two pieces, the the goofy big ideas with the these are real characters that are vibrant and alive. The, the grounding force in Fantastic Four back to the Lee Kirby days was this is a family. Yeah. It's a family with history and their own relationships and yeah, you know, there's man and girlfriend eventually wife and woman and kid brother and people and best friend yeah and uh, i have to wonder honestly uh, stanley is the biggest cheerleader for all things comic book related yeah you know, he he will never say a bad thing about any property that is being put out there he will find a way to say something kind about it to help promote it i would have to wonder what he would say if he if it was true and somebody said to him, what do you think about the cancellation of the Fantastic Four? I checked his Twitter feed. He hasn't said anything. Well, he, yeah, he's not gonna. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, he won't. Um, God knows he gets his million or something a year as chairman emeritus. Yeah. Yeah, that could... Uh, I don't know if there's a contract there or not. And he certainly wouldn't badmouth anybody at Marvel, almost at gunpoint. Mr. Lee, they're, they're doing away with the Fantastic Four. Did you bring my pudding? <laughs> <laughs> No, no. That's we, a way to deflect a question. We we saw him on a street corner <laughs> several years ago at San Diego. With his and handlers. The man was smart <laughs> and sharp enough to recognize us as a danger <laughs> and get the fuck away as quickly as humanly possible. It's so true. Stan's got his shit together. Don't talk shit about Stan. I was I, I, I'm saying this would be a good time to, to ask for pudding. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You want a, some pudding? I want some pudding. He's a, I forget which Comic-Con's going on this weekend, but he's, he's at one. I'd be interested to see if any of the news feeds... Yeah, if anybody asks him the question, I'm sure he'll gloss right over it. Oh, I'm sure. But. Like I said, he ha- he never has a bad thing to say about anyone. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, the other one I wanted to talk about was, uh, <laughs> and I've been missaying this goddamn title uh, as Roots all week, <laughs> which is a very different comic. <laughs> but Did they make that into a comic? <laughs> oh, it, probably. <laughs> There are no jokes. I'm just, I'm, I'm stepping away. Um, <laughs> Trees, number one, written Trees by number one. Uh, one, of our, one of our favorite writers, Warren Ellis, with art by Jason Howard, who has been working with Ellis on his uh, daily comic. Oh, shit, I already forgot the name. Uh, whatever. <laughs> his daily comic on his website that he was doing for a while. Um, uh, this is a... An alien invasion story of sort of a different type. Scatterlands. Yes, you pulled it up on the... I'd love to say it was my memory. I'm looking at it on your screen. Scatterlands. (laughs) Uh, Alien invasion story. uh, One of the ilk of the aliens came and landed, and then nothing happened, but society changed. Yes. Um, So we have this situation of the trees, in air quotes, are these giant spaceships that are cylindrical and go go up to the (laughs) sky and every once in a while they vent toxic waste that kills everything around them. Something about them deactivates nuclear weapons. Any weapons. Yeah, any weapons that are are sent at them. So what you have is a changed society and he does little vignettes in various areas of the world. Uh, One in New York City where one of the trees is down and there are Various, in lower Manhattan. Yeah, various power struggles going on and gang skirmishes. Uh, one at... Uh, in Rio. Yeah, in, in Rio where 
as Ellis often does, if there's nothing else Warren Ellis does beyond Hunter Thompson-esque fun dialogue to read, it's extrapolating where technology from right now might go in 20 minutes. So you've right. got yeah people flying iPhones on kites as half-assed drones to combat actual drones, yeah. or at least see <laughs> actual drones coming at them, which I thought was that's kind of nifty. And if you stop and think about it for two or three minutes, that's a decent cheap way it's a good hack yeah <laughs> yeah at this point camera smartphones are going to be cheap enough in two years i'll be right back i have a kite to, to buy <laughs> excuse me <laughs> I, I don't want to see our fucking neighbors unaware <laughs> have you seen our neighbors <laughs> i'll give you five hundred dollars to get that toilet out of your backyard <laughs> <laughs> right now <laughs> yeah we don't need drones to see the shit that's going on we close the windows to not know but uh it was it was an interesting start. Uh, the human drama going around these things was more interesting to me than, okay, yep, there's things that came down and they won't talk to us, and now people just sort of live with them. Yes. Uh, Something going on, I think, at Antarctica was one of the sites. Or... Yeah, so certain things are starting to, to happen with the trees. Um, so, yeah, I, mean, I enjoyed it. This was much lighter on... The standard Ellis, like I said, Hunter Thompson-esque dialogue. And most, I don't want to say most, but a lot of times Warren Ellis protagonists all sound like like Raul Duke from Fear and yes. Loathing in Las Vegas. <laughs> yeah, and so far we haven't really had that, although there was a flash of that at the Antarctica site. And somebody was talking about it, I threw up in the toilet because I'm a professional. Yeah, so, <laughs> so there's a taste of it so that, you know, yep, okay, there's still a little of this going on. But, uh, yeah, it's... Yeah, and the art I kind of liked. I this is one of, and you only get this with either Warren Ellis books, um, or oh, I'm drawing a blank, so we'll call it only Warren Ellis books. The biggest storytelling problem I had with the art was in one panel. I'm sitting there stuck. I'm trying to figure out <laughs> if does that girl have a dick? Yes. Is, is she pulling a dick out? Is yes. That yes, she was in fact pulling a dick out. Okay. Spoilers. Yeah, a chick with a dick. So. In China. Yeah, it's... <laughs> she thought we wouldn't notice, but we did. But we did. So, yeah. <laughs> Only in Warren Ellison. Howard Chaikin. Thank you. Howard Chaikin <laughs> book. That is a legitimate concern you need to have in a Howard Chaikin book. Yeah, I did Warren have a Ellis. moment of, is there a dude back there wearing a thong that she's supposedly looking back at? But no, no, this was to... It, it was intended to show the wide-eyed village boy who had moved to Beijing... Or whatever the hell they were calling it, Shun. Yes, Shu. because it's a classic storytelling technique. Going back to the days of the like footlights. This is like the big city. Yeah, whenever a boy is chicks showing, go, go, yeah, <laughs> boys going to the big city, you show him wide-eyed <laughs> with chicks waving cocks in his face. <laughs> you, you don't remember that from from the old Busby Berkeley musicals? I, I think that's the first thing that Clark Kent saw when he went to Metropolis, right? You, you, chicks with dicks. Oh, of course. Yeah, because yeah, it isn't Smallville anymore. Yeah, you don't you don't remember the Marilyn Monroe movie? <laughs> Look at my junk. Wasn't that on today at the Mexican restaurant that we went to? <laughs> it's, it's possible. I didn't want to ask what was in the burrito. But thank you, folks. I'll be here all week. Yeah, so. Side note: We went to a Mexican restaurant. They were showing a Marilyn Monroe movie marathon because reasons. <laughs> you know what? I was there with you, and I don't give a fuck. Nobody cares. <laughs> So trees. I, I think um, it also brought home it, uh, Warren Ellis is the king of decompressed storytelling, perhaps even more so than Brian Michael Bendis. So this is 
I'm, I don't know how long this series is going to be. It's yeah. I, I'm concerned. He does this where it's like he'll take his time, he'll tell the story, and then he'll decide, or we'll have only contracted for six issues, and then all of a sudden, like the last part of five, and like all of six will be like boom, 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 and done. Yeah, it's so. I hope this isn't going to go in that direction. <laughs> He's going to take his time and tell the story. Just tell the whole story. Yeah, it's that. That is a thing that that he does. It, it makes for an entertaining trade paperback. But yeah, for those of us you know down in the trenches buying it monthly, it, it can become tough. Yeah, but it's also it's, it's good to have Warren Ellis back on a creator-owned property. It feels like it's been a while. He's done yeah. a few. Few one-off Secret Avengers and you know doing Moon Knight now and yes. uh, Avengers Endless Wartime with Weaponized Cthulhu. <laughs> so, so yeah, it's uh what I want to see him back on is, is something next harder. Wavey. <laughs> uh, I'd love to see Next Wave back, but uh, I'd like to see him write Red Hulk, if only because it would give him the opportunity to write Machine Man again. Yeah. I'm I'm willing to bet they they would let him write war, write <laughs> Machine Man in anything he wanted to. This is true. But now I want to see him on an Avatar comic where heads blow up. Yeah, yeah. Go go back to gravel, please. Yeah. <laughs> Although Mike Wolper's doing a good. Yeah, job. Yeah, he is. That, it's but... it's nothing. Not taking anything away from the current incarnation. Okay, we clearly need booze because we've spun off on about six different tangents just in the last two minutes. So. <laughs> Uh, just one thing I want you to tell me. Please tell me you can remember the title that we agreed on about an hour ago. Um, the the Bucky somebody of something shit. Uh, now <laughs> no, I got to listen to this fucking show. I wouldn't, worth the, wouldn't wish that, that on my worst Shakespeare enemy. Shakespeare thing about that guy who did that thing on the stage. Bucky. Yeah. Wherefore art thou Bucky? Yeah. All right. Well, I'll I'll try and find Bucky Busby. Fuck! Now I got to listen to me for an hour and a half. Some, I think his I last like name him. began with a K. <laughs> <laughs> you know the dude with the K. He wore the shirt. Was it red? <laughs> you know the girl, the one with the dick. She waved it at me and said, "Welcome to the jungle." Beijing, Beijing, Beijing. <laughs> All right, that's enough. Okay. All right, so. Thank you for listening. This is uh, episode 17 of the uh, Crisis on Infinite Midlife show. Uh, you can find us, since this one may be the first one to actually turn up on iTunes, uh, you can find us at crisisoninfinitemidlives.com. Uh, what is our Twitter Twitter handle? Um, at Infinite Midlife. Okay, so thank you for listening. I'm Rob. I'm Amanda. And uh, we'll see you next week. And, uh, and derp. Derp.